Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Good evening and welcome to the History of Alchemy podcast. My name is Travis Dow. And I'm Pete Coleman from the Bohemian podcast. Today we're going to talk about Johann Friedrich Böttger. Also sometimes spelled Böttger or Böttger. He was born in 1682 and died in 1719. He was a German alchemist. He was born in Schleitz, close to the Czech Republic actually. And he died in, in Dresden and is normally credited with being the first European to discover the secret of the creation of porcelain in 1708. Now, again, the first in Europe, because in China this obviously happened somewhere around 200 BC. There's a couple other claims, to be fair. There's an English manufacturer. There's also Bertka's kind of lab partner slash employee kind of partner, whatever, or business partner maybe. Uh, his name was Anfried Walter von Chianhaus. Now, Again, the original porcelain kind of dates back to 200 BC in China, and a thousand years later, the production of translucent porcelain succeeded in China, and Chinese porcelain became known in Europe through trade, and it was a high-ticket item. Absolutely. It was, it was, um, very, it was envied around the world. Yeah, it, its composition and me- method of manufacture was a complete mystery to Europeans. Porcelain was valued as equal to silver and gold, and sometimes even referred to as white gold. So this is definitely something that alchemists were interested in. In fact, many people are interested in because they knew it was. I mean, they knew it was manufactured in China. They just had no idea how it was done. So it, in some ways, this was kind of seen as a lower hanging fruit to tackle. But in any case, the Meissen factory, which was established in 1710, was the first to produce porcelain in Europe in large quantities. Since the recipe was kept a secret by Bertka for his company, experiments still continued elsewhere throughout Europe. So he was, I mean, he was the first to discover it. He wasn't even, he wasn't the last because other people were still going at it. Well, you know, if I could also mention this too, mm-hmm. at Mount Vernon, George Washington's house, he has a, a room that was decorated in Chinese motif. And he was given uh, as, as a ver- and it was it still um, can be seen today uh, several several porcelain pitchers and dishes from from China. Um, so it was a very valued item. Oh, yeah. in colonial days in, in the early American Republic. So um, it, it, if you can get the idea that the rest of the world, this people were clamoring for for this, uh, this these porcelain objects around 1700, as an apprentice chemist with the pharmacist Soan in Berlin, Goethe locked himself up to discover the. In private, the Altinktur or Goldmacher Tinktur basically means like universal tincture or the gold maker's tincture. And this was an alchemist's kind of secret substance with which supposedly any disease could be cured and base metals converted into gold. So it sounds like the elixir of life or the philosopher's stone. Right. right? Yeah, during this time, he had contacts to other kind of learned folks like Johannes Kunkel, the adept Lascaris, uh, who kind of strengthened his his desire to find the Philosopher's Stone. Um, now, his mentor during this time was kind of skeptical about these alchemist experiments, um, but to convince his mentor, he actually, in 1701, in a, in a public demonstration, supposedly, uh, he changed silver coins into golden ones. So it just kind of laid to rest any doubts that anybody had about 
about his abilities as an alchemist. His reputation grew very quickly, and Frederick uh, I of Prussia, uh, uh, August II the Strong, the Elector of Saxony and King of Poland, uh, even put uh, uh, bounties on his head to get him uh, in their control. Yeah, so not like bounties to kill him. No, but, but to, yeah. to, uh, to obtain him. Um, August uh, went out and had him brought to Dresden. Mm-hmm. So August the Strong, if you've been to Dresden, is, uh, is, is the main um, king. You'll see. Actually, you know what? You will see a golden st- a statue of him across the river in Dresden on a horse. And, I mean, it's bright, fake gold, but, I mean, it's bright. So, so yeah, his activities obviously did not stay secret for long, and he was soon regarded as an adept in, in alchemy. And um, so, basically, August had him taken into, quote-unquote, protective custody. But Britke escaped, but was then later recaptured and taken back to Dresden. Now, so that was the monarch of Saxony, right, August? Right. August and so August was always short of money, and so he demanded that Bertka produce the so-called, well, the Goldmacher Tinktur, which is it's kind of the philosopher's stone in, in liquid form, okay, and in order to convert base metals into gold. We've seen this before. This is kind of a <laughs> History re- recurring itself. theme. Yeah. Yeah. In 1704, von Schernhaus was ordered to oversee the goldmaker, presumably and in, in involving Bertger in his experiments. He spared him the fate and that overtook the former alchemist adventurers uh, that came before him. Butker, however, was not interested in this and refused the cooperation until September of 1707. He did not want to be involved in with the porcelain, which he thought was von Cherhaus's business. Only when ordered by the king did Butker uh, start to cooperate at this point. In December of that year, in 1707, the king went to the new laboratory that had been furnished for von Schirnhaus and what is today Prüche Terrasse, which is actually a famous landmark in Dresden. Uh, under von Schirnhaus' supervision and with the assistance of miners and metal workers from Freiburg, experiments with different clays continued. Substantial progress was achieved in 1708 when two shipments of minerals proved to be suitable. A sample of kaolin from Schneeberg and alabaster as flux material. August the Strong appointed von Schirnhaus to Privy Council and Director of, Ma- of Manufacture, which was still to be set up. He decreed that von Schirnhaus was to be paid exactly 2,561 taler. That's an oddly precise salary, if you ask me. And von Schirnhaus asked to earn this title only after the production had been started. Mottger, in uh, March, of, March 28th of 1709, notified the king about the invention of porcelain. Mottger became the head of the first porcelain manufacturer in Europe. In 1719, the arcanist Samuel Stölzel escaped from Meissen to Vienna and betrayed the secret of porcelain production. Kind of like the Rosenbergs did with um, nuclear secrets. Yeah, exactly. But for porcelain. Sure. Uh, on the 19th of April, 1714, Bretka was released from his uh, continuous captivity. To safeguard the secret of the porcelain manufacture, he was still uh, tied to Saxony, so he, he couldn't leave. Yeah, and around this time, August the Strong tried to convince Bretka to continue the work of uh, on the Philosopher's Stone. And on the 13, 13th of March, 1719, um, Butker died as a result of his experiments because of the poisonous substances in the experiments of his, of his alchemy. And he died in Dresden and was buried in the Johannes Church courtyard. His grave is no longer there, though. Probably because of the subsequent bombing after World War II. Could have been the bombing. And the rebuilding yeah. of the entire city of Dresden. That's actually a pretty good guess. I, yeah. I, w- I would imagine a lot was lost. The story of Johann Friedrich Butker is a topic of Gustav Smeyring's 
Goldmacher-Geschichten or Goldmaker-Stories and his name, to, his name is changed to Johann Friedrich Bötticher, which is an alternate spelling. Remember Gustav Meyrink? He wrote The Gollum? Yes. He also wrote one of the creation myths of Prague. Right. And thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to consider purchasing the alchemy booklet from Amazon.com. It's only 99 cents. And um, if you want, it helps us out with server costs. Thank Highly recommend much. it. And it, well, it's also an excellent read, which it's, is why you it, should give it five stars. It's 20 pages. It won't take you too long. It's, um, I'm not a good typer. Thank you very much. Take care. You've been listening to the History of Alchemy podcast with Travis Dow and Pete Coleman. For more information about this episode, other episodes, and other information about alchemy, alchemists, and related subjects, visit historyofalchemy.com. Find us on iTunes, subscribe, review, and don't forget to rate us. We'd love to hear from you. Send your comments, ideas, and corrections to podcast at historyofalchemy.com or get in touch via Facebook on the History of Alchemy podcast page or Twitter at Alchemy Podcast. Tune in to our sister podcast all about the Czech Republic, Bohemican, which is also available on iTunes or on bohemican.com. Until next time on the History of Alchemy podcast, thank you for listening. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.